Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to episode 10 of SFF Addicts, a bi-weekly panel podcast featuring writers from fanfiaddict.com, authors, publishing professionals, bloggers, and more, where we come together to chat about science fiction and fantasy, as well as the occasional jaunt into the wider SFF industry. I'm your host, Adrian M. Gibson, and this week we're basking in the best of this year with our favorite reads of 2021. I'm joined this episode by fanfiatics David Walters, Tori Gross, Eleni Arriero, Connor M. Kaplan, and Arun, aka Bender. 2021 has been a pretty crazy year with lots of ups and downs, and yeah, we're still in the middle of a damn pandemic. But holy crap, what a year for reading. There were a ton of incredible book releases across the board, from traditional publishing to self-pub. It was great to be able to show some love to the authors and books we adored this year, so hopefully you come away from this episode with a bunch of excellent recommendations to add to your ever-expanding TBR pile. And please, share your best reads of the year with us. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram with your literary highlights. Now, before we jump into the panel, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the amazing folks at The Broken Binding. They live to serve all of your fantasy and sci-fi needs with signed books, reprints, and the most amazing gift wrapping you could ever ask for. Make sure to visit them at thebrokenbinding.co.uk and use the promo code FANFI, F-A-N-F-I, for 5% off your next order. All right, now on to the panel. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 10 of SFF Addicts, where we're doing one of our end-of-the-year panels, looking at our favorite reads of 2021. And I got a, a great crew of FanFly Addict panelists today. Uh, starting off, we have Tori Gross. How are you? Double P sign. I am good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. And we also have Eleni Ariro. How are you? Hi. I'm good. You? I'm doing well, thank you. And we've also got Connor M. Kaplan. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. And finally, we have Arun, starring as Arun, as Bender, uh-huh. as Jack Claver, as whatever you want to call him, but most known uh, as Bender. How are you, my friend? Uh, good, Adrian. Thanks. Uh, happy to be here. It's been a great Sunday. Yeah. You're going to go watch football after this, right? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Looking forward to my sunday night football <laughs> um so starting off we'll just do some introductions um all of you uh tori and eleni have been on previous episodes um with the magic of time uh Ar- arun and connor have been on episode 11 um so this is technically their first <laughs> appearance on the show um so starting off uh connor if you could introduce yourself a little bit tell listeners about uh connor m kaplan um, I am a quadruplet. I'm autistic. Uh, I wrote a book earlier this year called The Sword in the Street. Uh, it was an SPFBO semifinalist. Um, and as of a couple of weeks ago, I just sent um, a different book off for its first beta read. Woo! Congratulations, my friend. Nice. And go pick up Sword in the Street. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like we gotta we gotta pimp Connor's stuff for him because he doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tori, can you tell listeners uh, who are hearing your voice or seeing you for the first time a little bit more about yourself? Um, I live in Kentucky. Um, I had my first book get published. It's coming out next, it's next Halloween, right? kind of a thing. Yes, coming out October 31st of 2022. Um, it's called Zodiac Rising. It is a YA fantasy. And it is my baby. I've been working on it for four years. I started it. Um, during a trip to the emergency room. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's been my baby since, since the dawn of time. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's, it's my baby and I'm so very proud of it. And I actually got signed for a trilogy. So nice. hey, be on the lookout for Zodiac Legacy and the, as of yet unnamed finale. It's so exciting. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Um, I also just got my master's degree. Um, So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. It's a a good time. Yeah, I mean... And my accomplishments that make me sound a lot cooler (laughs) than I actually am. I mean, you're an almost published author, so that's pretty cool. You know? It's like you and Cotter just making us all look bad. (laughs) Well... I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> and uh, Connor, maybe. <laughs> I mean, SPFBO semifinalist looking here. Right, yeah. Fancy. He's got that little badge on his book. Yeah. You two are claimed they, fame. Do they have badges for SPFBO? Yeah, they give you a little badge that you can just do whatever. And like uh, uh, some people uh, put it on their book to just announce that it's like, I won an award. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. you get that far in a competition or you win a competition. It's like, yeah, yeah. I want to show that shit yeah. off. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, since Connor didn't mention this, Connor has a book tour coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The newly founded Escapist Book Tours. That's and that's right. going to be dope. Yeah. That's in, um, that's that's in, in January. January, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is in January. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. And nice. it's going to be dope. Yeah. We're going to say dope one more time. So dope. <laughs> Sorry. That's my word. Sorry. I haven't heard that word in ages, so I appreciate you bringing it back. Keeping it strong. <laughs> my friend got me saying it, so I say it all the time. <laughs> and uh, Arun, if you could tell listeners a bit more about yourself as well. Uh, nobody remembers Arun. He's just so boring. You would not even remember him long enough to forget him. Uh, but yeah. So, but Bender, everyone knows Bender. Uh, you could probably find him lurking in like Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. Just search for like bad posts on fantasy and sci-fi, and you would see him at the top of the lists. Yeah, that's it. That's good enough for me, Adrian. Cool. So Arun and his <laughs> alter ego Bender, <laughs> and Eleni. Bite my shiny metal. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> so dope. <laughs> and uh Eleni, if you could tell everyone a bit more about yourself as well. Hi, well, I'm the Greek who lives in Italy and studied in Scotland. That's my only tagline. And I am on a sabbatical currently. 
before I start a master's of research into SFF. So I'm taking the time to read all the books I can read. And attend to his majesty figure, of course. Yeah. Well, Eleni's dog is is a little cutie. He's a little fluffy cutie. Grumpy old boy. (laughs) The old gentleman. The old gentleman. How how old is Figaro that you call him an old gentleman? Figaro turned he turned fourteen this September. Okay, so yeah, he is an old gentleman for sure. He's an old gentleman. Like he he takes the title seriously. And he even has a time that he wants to go to sleep. It's, <laughs> it's like I don't want to do anything else. It's my bedtime. I'm out of here. I swear, he, nobody <laughs> nobody told me that dogs grow, grow habits as they grow old. I've never like he's my first dog, so. He's getting this many like grumpy old man habits, and it's, it's amazing. Everyone loves routine, and the older you get, the more routine becomes appreciated. You know, that's true. it's like when you start your life and when you end your life, routine is key. <laughs> my son is just like I can't function without routine. You know, in my life, it is a, is a disaster fair. without it. Yeah, it's, like, it's my bedtime. I'm gonna cry because I'm not sleeping. What the fuck? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I get that to sleep same um so we'll start off uh if each of you want to reflect a little bit on the past year some of the highlights whether that's um you know book related or uh just life in general uh we'll start with you connor um this year's been pretty great not gonna lie um i published a book um i joined this community which is awesome um and then I wound up writing the 200,000 page, just sort of like, or not page, words, 200,000 word. Uh, <laughs> it's like, damn. A 200,000 word book that, Thanks, that huh? I'm just really excited about. Yeah. Dude wrote an encyclopedia. <laughs> like, you just like outpaced Robert Jordan in a single year. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Robert Jordan who? Like, Brendan Sanderson who? Connor yeah. M. Kaplan, bitch. <laughs> oh, it's only seven hundred pages. Don't worry. Yeah, only okay. seven. Only he says a chonky boy yeah. is Christopher. No, I wrote Tower, it in like six months. It's fine. <laughs> Beautiful. And now you're going to be doing a book tour yeah. next year. So yeah, yeah. really excited. I'm for super that. excited. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, props to you for a writing a book, publishing it. And then writing a sequel. It's a, a yeah. monumental task. But yeah. you did well, my friend. It's really yeah. cool. Thank and you. I think, uh, you know, and I, I joined FanFi Addict as well this year. Um, did, Me too. Yeah. Did all of you join this year? Who, who's been around since earlier than 2021? Yeah. Well, well Tori, we'll, we'll go with you. What are your, some of your highlights from this year since you've already been from FanFi Addicts? Since before 2021 Wait. before the year did i lie when did you join <laughs> <laughs> hold that thought all right uh, there's gonna be an email from boss david like hey why don't you remember when you joined fanfire addict god damn i think all right well <laughs> i think justin joined um a couple months before i did but still in 2021 so i don't know if that helps with the relation yeah I lied. You- oh! <laughs> I mean, this year I felt like 12. Unreliable so. narrator. 
have a, I have a really hard time keeping up with um, dates. All right. So, so you joined same. you joined Fanfiatic this year. What are some What are some other highlights? I did. I did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have made so many cool friends all over the world. Um, in my personal life, this year has been really rough. Um, it's just been a really challenging year. Um, mental health wise, I've had a lot of situations with my kid and, um, it's just, it's been a rough year. My mom was really sick for a while and she's still not fully recovered. Um, I did get a nephew, so that was good. He is adorable and he looks like Danny DeVito. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. She's already one then. My niece turned one. So she is so much fun. Um, so the, it's, it's been an up and down year, very much so. Um, I did talk about kind of the highlights earlier, but like I said, I have a book. Um, I got my degree. I re-enrolled in school. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a year. And you got a lot to, to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do have a lot to look forward to in 2022. So I'm saying that that's going to be my year. Yeah, well, all, all sad things aside, you know, you're here with us and we're really happy to, to have gotten yeah. to know you, all of you. I'm super happy to have met you. Um, yeah, I mean, this year has been beautiful. I mean, I started a podcast. This is why we're all here. Yeah. You did. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And join Fanfiatics, just kind of this like weird spiral of join, <laughs> join Twitter in, in January. Decided I was going to write some book reviews and sort of dip my toes in the in the book community on Twitter. And then Justin was actually the first one that I came across just randomly. Um, and I was like, oh, his name is Plothead. That's cute. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's very proud yeah, of that. It was good. It was good. And cute. then and then discovered Fenfiatic and then just wrote David and asked him if I could. Uh, write some reviews and then things just things just snowballed from there it's like cool started in may started writing reviews decided i wanted to interview authors did that some more and then started the podcast and and i'm super happy that i that i did all that you know and in the meantime i've been watching my son grow and it's terrifying and awesome at the same time being a parent is a fucking roller coaster but (laughs) It's a beautiful ride. And a first-time parent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Second one's going to be a breeze. It's like, <laughs> it's like your, older brother, your older brother was a crazy little boy, but I love him. Uh, and he just started walking. And it's, it's been exhausting, but at the same time, really cool. Because he waddles around like a little penguin, and I just, my heart melts Aww. every time I see it. Yeah. He's ready for mischief, though. Oh, hell. No, he's been ready since the day he was born. He's just... <laughs> wait wait until he gets to be a teenager. That's when it all just kind of... I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm so screwed. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's fine. That's like, you know, I got a good decade until, until shit, yeah, shit you're starts good. hitting the fan. You're good. He's okay. 
just not looking forward to puberty, but whatever. <laughs> it's rough. I can imagine. It's it was rough. rough for me. I'll tell like, you. I don't know how, how <laughs> it's going to be to like witness it externally, someone going through puberty, but it is what mm. it is. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we'll move on to Arun. If you can tell everyone a little bit more about your highlights from this year, some things that stood out for you. Ah, well, like, I was actually like, going through my emails to actually figure out when I joined Fanfreyatic. And it was this year. It wasn't in 2020. <laughs> I kind of like jumped. Yeah, another liar. Yeah, exactly. Like, all I, liars. I kind of like started the whole thing. <laughs> ah, perhaps I should have not stopped saying this. I should have just claimed I was back in 2020. <laughs> uh, but no, I was like, I was like watching the like, TBR Con 21, like in uh, Jan this year, and probably Feb. I dropped David an email, and he was like, yeah, after a couple of interviews, rituals. Joined Fanfaric. It's been a pretty good year for me. I've never been like a like a blogger. Uh, my entire Twitter over the past three years was like like four posts and zero followers. So now I have probably around like six hundred people following me for I have no clue for whatever reason. <laughs> it's definitely not the quality of my posts, so it's still a mystery. Uh, but it yeah, was it's, the it's mustache. Been, but they didn't know me with my mustache. Maybe I should grow one back. I might get six hundred more. Grow back, and you'll be up to two thousand in no time. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Daniel Green. Uh, but yeah, it's been like a pretty like fun year. Uh, I kind of got into like a new genre called uh, post-apocalyptic lit RPG, which is kind of sounds very nerdy, and you have no idea how nerdy it is, but I like it. Yeah, it's, it's been a pretty good year as far as reading is concerned. I have a couple of nice books to come to finish off this year, which I'm looking forward to. It's been spectacular. Nothing to complain about. Right on, man. I'm happy to hear that. And, That's great. Uh, and Eleni, what about you? How's, uh, how's this year been for you? Oof. Well. <laughs> Started off with been... that. Just, oh. Well. <laughs> no, actually, good, huh? Well. Well, actually, you know what? I, I'm joking, but actually, like, all the things that I wanted to go well did go well. So I'm pretty, like, proud and, like, pat on the shoulder. Like, I graduated with how I wanted, with mm-hmm. the grades I wanted. And some health stuff in my family worked out for the best in the best ways possible. So I'm pretty happy. And I I joined FanFi. I joined... Uh, well, no, I joined Beth's blog before FanFi, so like last year actually. But yeah, I, I started like properly blogging this year, and I read some amazing books, and I became friends with a few authors. Like, so cool! I'm just like my little nerd self is thinking, ah, I know people. <laughs> I have moments where I see credits in, in somewhere. I'm like, I know this person, so it's nice. Yeah. The little fangirl inside you is just invigorated. Huge fangirl inside <laughs> me is always happy. I mean, yeah, I feel the, I feel I, the same way. Of... Like interviewing authors here, I'm just like, I need to do some breathing exercises before I talk to you because <laughs> exactly. I'm losing my shit. Or, and then, like you said, having a kid is a roller coaster. Having an elderly dog is also a roller coaster. Yeah. Because I have, I have a bunch of people telling me, oh, he's so old. He's going to die soon. I'm like, Jesus. Why would you say Why? that to somebody? 
Exactly. And so, of course, the moment he starts coughing, I'm like, great. But yeah, it's been fun. I've been running around with my dog to see that he's fine. He's fine. So you're, you're but, chasing yeah. him around the I same way that I'm you. chasing around my son. Pretty much. Just like, can't, I can't stand the, the sound of a cough. Makes my heart well, rush. I, I've grown used to it now. Like I, I know I, I even number them. I know how many times he'll cough and then it'll even out. I'm like, okay, he's good. <laughs> it's like knowing how many times a person sneezes. It's like, okay, one, two, three. That crazy exactly. fucking person who sneezes like four or five times. Hi. You sneeze five times? Oh my god. I do. <laughs> I'm like two I and did I'm that done. Last night. Oh my god. It's I had a sneezing fit the other day. I, I got to 16. I am not joking. I'm not exaggerating. Oh 16. God. I was dying. Jeez. I could not breathe. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, of course. It's like, there's, no, there's no moment to catch your breath because it's just like boom, boom, boom. Exactly. And if you believe the old timers, I lost all of my soul. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I've never heard no, that before. No, I, that? Asked, I, once, I asked my English teacher ages ago i was like so why do people say bless you when you sneeze and they were like well yeah because once they thought that you'd lose a piece of your soul wow. like, oh okay i did not know so, that i don't know where i don't know if it's valid i know what he told me so, so, you, so you lost whatever. 16 pieces of your soul that day <laughs> you gotta go get like 16 blessings or something there, were, <laughs> there weren't enough pieces already to begin with so oof. <laughs> it's like how many pieces does a soul have i don't even know Gotta go find like a, a Like a gallon of holy water. Cruxes are made. <laughs> Voldem- you sneeze on them. Voldemort just sneezed himself <laughs> apart. <laughs> exactly. I really like if anyone's listening and you really like doing Harry Potter fanfic, please write a fanfiction. <laughs> about, a super easy way. Of a Voldemort a super easy way to explain. <laughs> he just sneezes and like Nagini just pops out of his mouth. <laughs> Oh, what an image. I, I would be calling up my local church, uh, seeing if they sell like six packs of holy water. Oh, did you have like six pack of holy water? Yeah, give me one. I've sneezed too much. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Oh, man. All right, guys, it's, uh, it's time. We're going to dive into our favorite reads of the year. So we'll be going one by one. Uh, just tell us about one of the books that's on your list. And we'll we'll take turns, and if anybody has some uh, some commentary, if it's a book they want to read or if it's something they've already read and they want to give a little bit of uh, input as well, um, go for it. So we'll start off with Connor. Give us one of your favorite books of the year. Um, in I think March of this year, I read uh, Fortune's Fool by Angela Board, and. It was. It just blew me away. Um, it was the first time I'd read anything with like strong romantic elements that actually clicked with me. Um, up till that point, everything I'd read that was romance, um, I was not vibing with it. And so I sort of like I was like I I wasn't sure if I, like I wasn't sure if I was the right fit for the genre basically. And then I read this book, and I'm like, do I like romance? Like it, it just like. It had me like rethinking a lot of stuff, um, and it's just. Am it I was, a romantic? 
It didn't happen. Yeah, basically, it's just like, <laughs> like I've never felt this way before. Like it was really new and it was really cool. It was it's it's it blew me away. It has some of the the best first person writing I've seen in like a long time. It's at, it's like a it's sprawling and somehow also intimate and it's just like oh god, I loved it so much. Has anyone else read uh, uh, Angelo's work? I have no idea. Actually, I have the I have it right here. Oh, beautiful! I have it on my TBR. I think it did pretty well. I in, love like, this uh, cover. It did pretty well yeah, in like Swiftbo, nice. right? A couple of years before. Yeah. Um, I think, I think last SPF year. Five. Yeah, five. Yeah. So two years ago. Yeah. 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 So Angela's been on the podcast before, um, but it's on my TBR as well. Um, yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And that covers, yeah, like you say, it's really beautiful. It's got a very classic, like '90s fantasy kind of vibe to it. I'm thinking of like yeah. Robin Hobb covers from the '90s. Oh yeah, it's it reminds me a lot of a uh, Robin Hobb, um, like just the book itself. Um, I think uh, I've spoken to Angela a few times, and I'm, uh, Robin Hobb was definitely an influence. Nice. So very descriptive. And Angela loves food. So if you love food, then uh, yeah. if you love food and romance, go check out Fortune's Fool. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Tori, do you want to give one of your favorite books of the year a bit of praise? Yeah. Um, I will start with the, the trad pub that I read this year. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to read, um, but I have read like, 10 books this year, I think. So um, I'll start with Trad Pub. I did read Red Rising finally, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I have not started the second one just because I'm still kind of salty about the ending of the first one. <laughs> so I, I love um, that you use the word salty, <laughs> first of all. It's beautiful, beautiful. Books word. do that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a little salty at you, Pierce. But other than the end, I get why he did what he did. Yeah. But what? But what about the book? Did you? Doesn't mean you have to like, like it. Yeah. <laughs> but what about the book Excel itself? Did you did you enjoy? It's really hard to pinpoint something in particular because it was just all so good. Like I was crying in the first chapter. So, I mean, that doesn't say much because, <clears throat> you know, but <clears throat> I just, it was just, it was so well written and it was so, I don't know. It was just, it was so, the pacing was so right. Like, that's just the best word that I have for it. Like the rightness of it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> we got David. Hey, we got, what a cameo! David, David's joining us. Uh, Tori, <laughs> Tori was just Tori was just telling us about uh, why she liked Red Rising. Uh, I would I would love to hear more. I I love Red Rising myself. All right, keep oh, keep go. it going, Tori, and then and then whoever else has read uh, that book can can jump in and give some some commentary as well. Um, I was talking about the pacing. Um, how it just felt so right because there would be like lulls 
and then it would just be boom, boom, boom. So I really, really loved that. I loved the balance of, you know, the the slower moments and then the action and then I don't know. It was just it was so it was so so well written. He has such a way with words and it's so impressive and I don't know. It was great. It was just great. Well, well, uh, I I personally I got a lot of shit in the in the fan addict uh, Twitter thread <laughs> because I. I just said honestly that that the book doesn't it doesn't call to me in any particular way. So not that I have any hate for Pierce That's Brown. That's totally fair. I think I think a, I think a rune like sent something that oh man you're gonna get you're gonna get like <laughs> crucified. I I remember that time I was, I was in the corner with you. I was like hi yeah, yeah. I, I'm hiding behind you, but I'm the same. No, you just sulked in my shadow thoughts. and let me take shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I supported you from the back. <laughs> so Layton, I haven't read Red Rising either. Whispers of support. Uh, I, Sorry, Arun. I haven't read that series either, but I just don't like calling attention to myself because I know pretty sure like, David's going to like abuse me, <laughs> send like online everyone abuse. Just, <laughs> everyone just threw me under the bus. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I mean, I really love the series, but it's not like something that I'm going to bash somebody over the head for. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's like really any series that like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be one of those that goes, oh my gosh, you haven't read that? You should just go, you should just go off yourself. You're done. You're you're out of you're out of here or whatever. Um, like Damn, people, David. well, people take it to extremes. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, I swear, me being in the book community, because I've had to, I've had to like unfriend people for for certain things like that because yeah. there'll be certain series where i haven't you know that i haven't read this they haven't been out for a decade and uh and, and i'll literally and, and honestly i mean a couple of people have poked the bear a few times in, in our blog about it but have been nicer about it but don't you dare uh, poke the you bear know, I, i've just like gotten you know where i'll get spammed for for not having read something uh like whether it be will time you. whether it be you know, say Abercrombie uh, or, or anything. It's it's kind of oh. crazy because those people just kind of stick stick on you, and, and they'll continuously do it. You know, kind kind of like our, our buddy Radagast. Whenever anybody reads anything about <laughs> Rain Cahill, uh, he just has to come and, and troll you about it for no apparent reason other than I guess he just doesn't like Ryan. And Ryan called it called him a lovely name the first time he <laughs> came across him. <laughs> It's, it's been it's been a till romance ever since. So it's just a beautiful vendetta. My yeah, God. yeah, exactly. Um, he take- yeah, I mean, I I really love Red Rising. Uh, I I think it you know it took a little bit of a dip uh, in, in Iron and Gold, and then uh, and Dark Age just like brought it all for full circle. Um, I, you know, Golden Sun still holds a very special place in my heart, but uh, but Dark Age like it with everything that happens in that book. And the fact that it's so freaking long, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just all, it's always just action, action, death, death, murder, whatever. Uh, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't end. Whereas, whereas like, I can see why Sounds people jazzy. wouldn't like, yeah, I can see why people wouldn't like the first book because, you know, it's, it's very Hunger Games-esque, you know, it's got, it's got a kind of an interesting start to it. It's kind of, it's really interesting in its pace. Um, but I think as that book gets toward the end, you start really building up okay this is this is where we're gonna go from here um but you know a lot of people don't like that whole like uh like school feel like magical school feel mm-hmm. um I th- I th- what are you trying to say dude <laughs> <laughs> i personally enjoy it <laughs> 
Shots fired, man. Shots fired. <laughs> you saying that the Hunger Games isn't up to par with Oh, no. Is that what you're saying, David? No, 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 no. Those words did not come out Them's fighting words, David. Tori just leaned back and got really, yeah, she really like, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> No, I think the Hunger Games books. I think I'm going to have to engage in some fisticuffs with our fearless <laughs> leader. No, I think I think Hunger Games is good. Is great outside of the latest one, I, I was not a fan of uh, what was it Ballads and Songbirds, whatever that one was called. Ballad yeah, of Songbirds and Snakes. Was not was not my favorite, but I enjoyed the. the I haven't read it yet, actually. <laughs> no, I'm gonna read it. I'm fully gonna read it because Snow is such a fun villain. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't read it already. Now, anyway. Especially now that I've said, "Don't read it." You're gonna read it. Yeah, I'm gonna read it out yeah, of spite, just, <laughs> just like I'm not reading Crayon. I love, I love spite. spite reads. It's so great. <laughs> that's, I, that's where I, I get read. some of my reads from, though. Like when I'm not reading like arcs, uh, if somebody like just torched a book, I'm like. I'm just gonna go read it because if I love it, gosh, I'm just gonna cram it down their throat. It's gonna be great. <laughs> may I just say that's like, why I. Sorry, may I just say that last comment is so incongruous with your look right now because you have all the light behind you. You look holy, but that last comment was so <laughs> evil at the same time. It's just like the antithesis is. It's beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's not even sunny <laughs> outside. It's just it just happens to all be on my front window. <laughs> Uh, David and his holy look. Um, well, since we're on you, buddy, <laughs> do you want to do you want to jump in with one of your uh, top reads of the year? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll jump right in. I, I don't know if it's been mentioned yet, but uh, "Shadow of the Gods" by John Gwen. Uh, I mean, it just continues to be the read uh, of this year. I mean, there there have been a couple that have been close. Uh, you know, you know, we're talking uh, "Empire of the Vampire" by Jay Kristoff was fantastic. Um, uh, really enjoyed um, uh, Brian Staley's latest that came out, Empire's Ruin. Uh, I mean, it was another 10 for 10, you know, for me, Dragon Mage by ML Spencer. But, you know, Shadow of the Gods just, it just had everything that I love about Norse fantasy. Um, and it just, it hit, it hit you emotionally. It, you know, violence was all over the place. It had humor in it, which I don't know that I've found that in John Gwynn's books before, uh, or quite as much. Uh, and it actually had me like, DMing him uh, while I was reading it, going, "Okay, you got to tell me like where this where this story came from because it's hilarious and it's something like he would tell his kids, you know." What an uh, angel! And, and I and I think a little bit of it, you know, is just that uh, that familial thing. I, I think you know we had just you know had our daughter about six months prior, and there's there's a whole familial thing in that book, uh, and I think it just resonated me with you know the whole the the parent like taking charge and trying to. Uh, protect their young one and i'm just like mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's totally me <laughs> so, but yeah that, that one just it, gosh it just it continues to stay with me i mean and it's not just because i, I got blurbed on it but um but it is it is my favorite <laughs> read of the year <laughs> just go throw that out there <laughs> um has uh do you want do you want to read the blurb eleni Oh, let me find it. Hold on. It's on the hardcover. It should be on the back. I've got a. I'll yeah. Have to see, I have the I have the UK edition, so uh, I might not have it. That's sad. Well, my 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 copy is waiting upstairs. <laughs> see, is, I'm sorry. I'm in Italy. It is, it is next on my TVR. The Shadow <laughs> of the Gods. I don't have it. I mean, you know, we only had what eight, ten reviews on it over the summer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it it's it's not like I'm the only person who really enjoyed that book yeah. this year. But, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, has anyone else here read it? Uh, Eleni, you, have you read your copy? I have not read it yet. And yeah. don't ask me why. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I was really looking forward to it and I bought it and I, I kept not being able to buy it for different reasons. Like, I don't know, either my card wouldn't work or I couldn't find a copy or I don't know. It was a whole slew of dominoes that just said no. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got a copy and my mood reader hit me. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the mood to turn again. <laughs> I thought it was like one of those things where like, you know, Lainey had been sitting on her prior review for who knows how long. So I think, <laughs> I think she's just been sitting on Shadow like since she bought it. I was like, actually, I probably already read it. I just forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, that review, that review, I actually like I started writing it and then I needed to like add some like, I don't know, a paragraph or something. And I said, OK, I'll do it in a moment because I need to do something. And then I left. And in my brain, it was just done, completed and you published it already. And then I was sitting, what was it, yesterday I realized? Or the day before, I was like, hold on. I quickly went into <laughs> FanFi to check and see, like, wait, it's missing. Oh, no, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so. But how, how long was I, I, it? How long was it unpublished, just sitting as a draft? Uh, so, I don't think that long, actually. I think a week. I think I wrote it on Monday. It was about two months, I think. I think I I started writing it on Monday. Because I finished it last week, so it's fine. It's not that long. Come on, guys. Okay, so you wrote it over two months. (laughs) And then you forgot to publish it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Try to keep going. I need to add an extra quote here. I I need to reread and make sure I can find the right quote. Getting getting the book was such an adventure that doing the review should be just as big an adventure, actually. So, you know. You do it on purpose. Everything's on purpose. Do I or does fate do it to me? I don't know. <laughs> That's very ambiguous of you <laughs> to say. That's very Greek of me. Oh. Well, Lenny, uh, what about you? If you, if you want to share one of your top one of reads my... of the year. Well, let's start big, shall we? Hey. Look at that beast. Hey. Wait. So this shiny, beautiful piece of literature and chunk i so i had the greatest moment with beth because i read book one uh what was it november of last year i think and then i loved it and then talk about the arcs for this one for master artificer started coming out and by justin t call i just realized you can always see me um so um talk about the arc started coming out and people were like saying, I wish I'll get one and I'm hoping to read it. And it hadn't even crossed my mind that I would ever read something in advance because I had just joined FanFi at the time. And I, had, I hadn't been that active on Beth's blog on Before We Go. So I, I wasn't expecting anything. And then one day I was, I think Beth was saying, oh, I'm so excited for this. I'm, I'm going to read the arc and I, I cannot wait. And I was just saying, I cannot wait for it to come out so that I can read it because I was expecting publication date reading. And then I got a DM from Justin Call and he's like, somebody told me that you really like book one and would you like book two? And I was like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Like, it was bad. Like she, she came in like the star she is and she was like, hey, this, this girl likes your books. So, and so it all happened and I had an arc and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my first arc. So I was freaking out, of course keeping it cool, but freaking out. And then I sat down and I just, I blew through it because it's amazing. It's 
it's book two in a series about a dark lord. So it's like baby dark lord <laughs> coming into his into his evil dumb. So it was great because like book one starts sort of it could feel you could say YA-ish in a sense, like there's a school setting and it's uh, there's an adventure and it's you see that it, it could be epic fantasy, but it's contained. And then book two comes along and no spoilers, but it just explodes into the world because the characters move out from the village, like a whole slew of things happen and a whole slew of, holy shit, what did I just read? <laughs> so it was amazing. And I, I kept reading, like things became darker and darker. And I was like, I am loving this. And holy, wow. <laughs> Ouch. I, I I would DM him at times like, sir, really? What? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that was it was it was a great experience because I got to have a book that like I really enjoyed and at the same time I could comment on it with the author. So it was just it was special in, in its own right. So it was only right that I start this with talking about him. And and it spoke <laughs> to you it spoke to you the same way Shadow of the God spoke to, to David. It's like this is this is me. I'm a dark lord in the making. <laughs> I, my villain origin story is just around the corner. Yes, but like you joke, but it's the same. Like the the protagonist, he learns by doing and by trying things out for himself. And I was writing to Mr. Call, and I was like, you know, that's how I learn. So I kind of get him, but then the more like his decisions become darker and darker, and you know, eviler and eviler. I'm like. I'm relating too much to this. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Something's all right. Yeah. But let's not let's not dwell on this. Better <laughs> not. Has a, has anyone else read Justin's work? Uh, I I plan on it. Um I know he is gosh, he has put so much work into that series already and I mean he's got what like seven more books to go. Insane. Crazy. Uh, how much? Was wow. 12? Okay. See, I'm clearly I, I'm I'm not in the um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I've 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 read bits and pieces of it, and it's pretty amazing just how much world building and stuff. I mean, you know, past, future, present, it, it's all over the place, but it it all works seamlessly. Um, it's incredible. But I know yeah. uh, I know David Schaefer has, has has read both and absolutely loved them. My fault. I was like. <laughs> Read this because he like had it in his over list. the back of the head with the books. He, he, ha- he had oh, what it was in that? His Justin Tickle. I was like, Justin Tickle. It's like, hey, hey, have you read this yet? He's like, no. Well, you know, you can buy it from like from the author direct, you can buy a signed copy. He's like, oh, cool, I'm gonna do that. I'm like, well, now you have the copies, read it. Like, hey, <laughs> and then, yeah, like, I'm glad you like liked this it, hype obviously. Man. <laughs> Dude, like you're, I, I you're like you're like peddling this. drugs, just like oh now you have it, so like just do it, read it, do it. Want to buy a book? Like it's right there. Do you want to like, buy it's a so book? It's so shiny. Now? It's got a signature on it too. <laughs> it has UV light secrets. It does. I I could show you, but I have to find the flashlight. It's not. <laughs> so you have a UV flashlight. <laughs> I bought it just for this. Just what, for are this you, what are you talking about? Like, come on, dude. I, I bought it. This this copy was actually a gift, too. So, woo. So, the amazing Justin Cole, shout out to him. He's an amazing guy and he deserves the world, honestly. He, I like, 
I have a bit of an in bag. No. But um, talking with him and the amount of detail and stuff that is going in, the way he's building everything, and I'm just like, this is so exciting because it's the first time for me that I'm ever at the beginning of a fandom because, like, I know this is going to be big and I know this is going to have, like, the theorizing and everybody trying to connect the dots and the details and all the foreshadowing and trying to find the hints of everything and I'm just, like, down there, like, hey. So proud. It's like I got in there early. <laughs> oh, yeah. That and also, who I see it unfold. Yeah. It's frustrating because I have to wait. But eh. <laughs> That's half the fun. It's like, be patient. True. Yeah. yeah. But you're not waiting a decade and no. still have to wait further That's than that. True. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. He's at least turning out one a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Kudos to that. Because like these are huge books, so yeah. kudos. Granted, granted, this one this one I mean I would imagine it's still gonna have the same release date, but uh he's expecting a, a little one in the in the spring, so it there's a potential that it could get pushed back a little bit. But I think no. he'll still be on the that, same release schedule. That makes sense. Yeah. He was so supposed to be on T V Archon and headed back out. Oh damn. Aw. That's you know. a shame. We'll get him on. We'll get him on the podcast instead. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to be there. <laughs> um, Arun, what about you? What's uh, what's one of your favorite reads of this year? Ah, uh, well, it's kind of like obvious because this is one of the first arcs I got and one of the first books I reviewed for this year. Uh, with uh, Maleficent Seven by Cam Johnston. I've been like pimping this book ever since I read this book because it's kind of like such a uh, unique like plotline. Uh, so uh, the whole premise of the book is that you have like a like a demon general, uh, and she has six of her leaders trying to take over this world. Uh, and at the last moment, just on the cusp of victory, she just vanishes and the invasion collapses. And forty years later, she's back, and she needs to put her crew back together because there is an even bigger evil which is threatening the world. So this is kind of like uh, if this bigger evil takes over the world, everyone's going to die, I can't dominate anybody if nobody's alive, so I got to save the world, just simply I can dominate it. That's kind of the theme of the whole <laughs> book. Uh, the most unique thing of this, uh, about the whole book is there are no good characters in the book. Every single one of the protagonists is evil, and every single one of the antagonists is kind of like eviler. So, <laughs> which, which is such an amazing book. Uh, I mean, uh, you you kind of like read about like like a demonologist, a necromancer, like a god of death, trying to save humanity, and you kind of like sympathize, like partly with them, stating that oh my god they're doing something good, and then kind of hate them at the same time for being who they are. Uh, that balance has been absolutely spectacular, and it's been like I mean despite the darkness of the characters involved, it is such a joy and adventurous book to read. I mean, you, you kind of approach death with optimism. I don't know. It's kind of like ironic. It doesn't make sense. But that's the feel of this book. And I've been pimping this book ever since I read this stuff. Uh, it, literally, I haven't read any book, something even remotely similar to this. No, oh, it's a Magnificent Ooh. Seven. No, it's kind of the, the Magnificent Seven, the Akira Kurosawa's but just with like evil and eviler people. There are no good people in here. Everyone's objectives is suspect. Uh, it's it's such a roller coaster fun book. 
Nice. David, this you, also you, might be the first time that, I've yeah. ever heard Pimpin uh, uttered and fanfire. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? You missed it. Are you really sure? You missed it earlier. At least, Sorry. at least outwardly, uh, you know, may, there might have been a, something in a DM, but I don't know if I've ever actually heard or seen the word Pimpin in the three years that this or four years this blog's been going. David, uh, Tori well, said Tori said dope earlier, so we're going back to the early two thousands. Oh, really throwing it back. Pimpin, dope. We got it all, baby. Uh, there's no better way for me to describe this. I, I still, every time someone comes back and says, oh, I need something different to read, I kind of like, push this forward. It's just, you literally will not read anything more different than this. So, so yeah. go read Maleficent 7. It's dope. Yeah, and I, think, and I think that goes for anything from Angry Robot. I mean, if you're looking for fantasy or science fiction that's a little bit different than yeah. other stuff that's out there, I mean, Angry Robot's got just about anything and everything. Oh, just like The Coward. I just started yeah. it and it's like the hero, but he's not like, he wasn't the, the hero. Oh, well, like, you got to wait for it. That's my second book. It's so different. <laughs> that was my I second wait. favorite book. Well, well, yeah, we'll discuss well, uh, it in a moment then. Yeah. You guys, you guys hold on to that one. I got I to gotta pimp Jade Legacy for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Shout out to Fonda Lee because she just tore me apart with jade legacy like it was one of those books that is so good but it's the third book in the Greenbone saga um so it's kind of like um hong kong action cinema meets the godfather urban fantasy oh, wow. type thing with magic fueled martial arts and it's freaking amazing um i also got the chance to talk to her a couple of weeks ago so that was a, a really good time um this series does that <laughs> go check the podcast feed <laughs> um, book one was really was really self-contained it takes place in a city so that's jade city um and it established the characters and all of the characters you know same with you eleni how it's like and even even arun when you're talking about maleficent seven it's like bad people that that just somehow become so sympathetic and and likable and and you just read this whole book and you're like you're doing awful shit but i just can't stop <laughs> reading about you and that <laughs> was the, it's crazy it's crazy it's like i have no moral complexity in my real life so i have to read it in books but <laughs> <laughs> um but jade city established these characters and then jade war the second book opened the door to the broader world and then jade legacy this third book opened up time and it takes place over 30 years and it reminds me so much of the godfather trilogy and she was directly inspired by this but the way that you see these characters develop and how their their families grow and how their um their culture and the weight of their clan because it's it's not like a crime family necessarily necessarily but it's like a a clan who acts a lot like a crime family <laughs> even though it's like it's like a legal crime family in in that sense um where these clans are respected venerated uh um institutions in in society but you know like the corleones in in godfather they're super messed up and they do violent horrible stuff and they kill people and they manipulate politics and and all kinds of things and so it's like the the scale is just crazy in the way that she incorporates world building and all these small details into 
into paragraphs. Like every sentence is just so perfectly dense where it has the right amount of world building or action or movement or character all packed together. It feels like no, no space was, was wasted essentially. Um, and by the third book, you know, the younger generation of this family is just wrapped up in the crazy, violent world of their parents that you can't help but sympathize for them and be like, you know, each of the different kids chooses a different path. And some of them are like, no, I don't want any part of this. And I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't want that either. <laughs> I would want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so it creates this nice dynamic where you have a lot of contrast between the characters and and the action is incredible. You know, she's a black belt martial artist, so she writes action super well. But then the characters are just, I just, I love them, you know, and she broke my heart so many times. And uh, yeah, Aww. I respect her for that. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, just toying with my emotions. Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then by the end of the series, you know, I can safely say this is one of my top fantasy series of all time. And it's done. So it's like, if you want to start it, you can finish it, guaranteed, um, if it's your thing. And uh, I was very satisfied with the ending. It was kind of, it was bittersweet. And bittersweet is something I, I love. So yeah, Jade Legacy, Fonda Lee, just superb. Just read it. Yeah, just read it. Just read it. Exactly. Go watch my <laughs> interview. With you? Read yeah, it. read it. <laughs> what is it with authors destroying our feelings and then us coming there like, please may I have some more? Because we're we're weak. <laughs> may, may, may I have some more hard break, please? <laughs> we're just masochists. That's it. It's like a we want Yeah, just a little bit. Um, has anyone else read that series? Or I've read the first half of the first book. Okay. We'll we'll keep reading it, man. I'm gonna be like a lender yeah. and just push I'm just gonna push Jade City on people. <laughs> like, it's I, right there. Continue. See what happened was I started in twenty nineteen. I got, I don't know, like a third or maybe half of the way through it. Um I think the last scene I remember was something I don't want to spoil it, but something involving a cheese grater. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. Um and then <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that it's, sounds it's not amazing. good. No. It's not good. It's like I said, horrible people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then I was uh, like, that was the point where I was like, well, now I just need to, I need to read this entire thing. And then like, I, I was listening to it on audiobook, and then like, I don't know how. I think I meant to return a different book, and then I wound up returning that one instead. I don't know how it happened, but I just didn't have it anymore. And then I haven't like it was one of those things where it's like I I need to get it again so I can finish it. And then it's, but then like I haven't gotten back to that yet. Just I lost the it, inertia, man. you know. Yeah. Pick it up again, please. It's so good. Yeah. No, I have so to. Good. Yeah. Well, uh, Connor, what's uh, what's your next book? Well, I'm speaking of pain. Um, <laughs> 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 the next book on my list was Legacy of the Brightwash. Um, uh, uh, just Connor, I mean, just a, a a quick aside. Matar, which is Crystal, so Crystal of Matar is the author. 
matar in Spanish is the verb for to kill. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, that fits. <laughs> yeah, that like tracks. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that fits. That yeah. Does Crystal know this? Have you told Crystal we, that? Because we, we I haven't like talked about it would... yet, but she would love it. She would just love it. She yeah. would love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fulfilling it's... prophecy. <laughs> It's, well, Connor, Connor, tell us, tell us more about Brightwash. I'm trying to think of what to say that everyone doesn't already know. It's just, it's, it's in the same class as Fortune School, where it's like some of the best character work I've read in like a long, long time. Um, one of the best character arcs I've read in a long, long time. Um, the the it's like Gaslamp Fantasy, which is something I also haven't really seen before. It. If um and if if Fortune's Full was the was the book that got me um thinking like do I like romance this is the book that really was like okay yeah this, this like now it's two now it's two books this can't be a coincidence anymore <laughs> um uh, I'm two for two on romance baby yeah <laughs> this, I think it did yeah go ahead go ahead sorry I don't know it's it's just it's like now that now I've got two. It's like now now this is data. Like it's it's we have a pattern now, and it's <laughs> it's you need three for a scientific proof. Yeah, one more. All you need it's, is one more, Connor. One more. Oh, it's coming up. It's that's number three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I don't. No, go ahead. No, I wasn't. I I'm did, so sorry. Go ahead. I was literally about to improvise a sentence. I didn't actually have anything. Go ahead. <laughs> Go to her. Go to her. Oh, okay. I think it. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with how the romance is written. You yeah. know, if if it breaks convention, if it like, because I'm I'm the same way. I, I typically don't really like to read romance novels, um, but if I find a romance that you know is is particularly engaging or healthy, you know, just well written, um, I'm all for it. You know, I I don't want that to necessarily be the entire plot, but a good chunk of it devoted to that, you know, depending on how well written it is, is very, um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. It's, it's very, it, it kind of like breaks the pacing a little bit. It's like, it's like a side, it's like an aside, Yeah. a very nice little aside. Yeah. Like a subplot kind of thing. Yes, thank you. Subplot. Yeah. Um. Yes. So it's, I think I think it's a lot to be said for. I think I think there is a lot to be said for, you know how how well, you know Crystal and Angela both portray yeah. their romances. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that um I think makes Legacy of the Brightwash work as well as it does, um specifically with the romance arc, is um there's just like a ruthlessly keen eye for like the power dynamics of the situation of like basically a cop falling in love with like one of the person he's investigating almost. And it's just like early on, there's a a ton of rhetorical tricks that are done to signal that like, she knows how fucked up it is um, in a way that the characters aren't exactly like always aware of. Um, and it's one of those that, like, I remember starting the book and, and like seeing what was going on and being like, oh, I, I don't know. This is, this seems like a tough needle to thread. Oof. And then like, it just, somehow she threaded it. And I was like, how did you do that? Wait a minute. <laughs> 
crystal, you magician. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that book, was... I mean, Shadow of the Gods is on my TBR, like, immediately after the book I'm reading now. And then Legacy of the Brightwash is probably what I'm going to start 2022 with. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's one of the finalists, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's in all of our TBRs, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should be. Demo. Kind of need to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hmm. And uh, Tori, what's uh, what's your next book? Uh, my next one is kind of a twofer because um, they're by the same author, and the one that I'm going to talk about the most is a novel, and then the other one is a novella. Um, Ryan Cahill for Rye. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, for Rye and um, the Last Testament of Crichton Smythe Smith. It's spelled with a Y, so I'm not sure how to how to say it. Um, I think that's Smythe by Gavin Gardner and um, for Rye absolutely blew me away. It's a horror. Uh, it's a horror novel. You know, he's a horror writer, um, and I don't read a lot of horror. And so you know how they say that Bioshock has one of the greatest video game plot twists of all time, right? Would you kindly tell us? So oh, yeah. <laughs> for me, for Rye was at that level of plot twist. Wow. Damn. Like it was so good that I just I can't even begin to properly explain it um and he did he did a lot of the same thing with Crichton because he has this way of making characters into people you know they they're fully rounded they have flaws um and then their flaws are front and center like he t- he he like plucks apart this notion of you know good people being pillars of this community and he like takes them down bit by bit and then just reveals them to be the nasty little shits they are and it's just oh god it's so good it's so good and he and it, it, the way he writes about violence and gore and it's just uh, it's really, really incredible, and he, uh, he and I have become pretty good friends. And just being able to talk to him about his process, and you know, learning about, you know, what what he's interested in as far as you know the writing goes, has been such a treat. And he's just, he's great. He really is. He's such a good writer, and I'm so, so honored to to be his friend. Yeah, I mean that. I'm not really into horror, but that sounds intriguing it, it's all psychological yeah, horror too all like i'm not kind. i'm not real big on like i'm not real big on like body horror and like torture horror and stuff like that but Splatter stuff. yeah well some some you know to a certain degree but <laughs> Just a little bit when he when he <laughs> you know some some entrails <laughs> <laughs> but you expect some things <laughs> Maybe a finger or two missing. <laughs> oh, that's, he, that's he lightweight stuff. Them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm kind of a sissy. But uh, 
the way he incorporates it is just so expertly done and you really feel for the for the people it's happening to and those are the best kind it's it's so, oh god four rye was so good everybody go read four rye i'm definitely gonna put that on my tbr i, I, I wanna yeah um it's so it's phenomenal and uh david what's uh what's your next book um so one that i haven't already mentioned because uh, i just mentioned like six um <laughs> yeah, probably my, my, uh, my, my top book and then i mentioned all yeah, of them my, my top book includes about six and then my next book includes about four no um probably the last watch by jenny dewis but js dewis is is actually on the cover um you know it's they, they say it's uh the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones meets the Expanse, which I mean should like, oh my gosh! Like it, just hearing that made me really. Want if you to can't, if you can't be convinced it, by that comp, then I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know everything is like this is Game of Thrones meets whatever. Now it's the, the Expanse <laughs> meets this. I mean, that, I know that gets thrown around all the time, but it is portrayed in that way. I mean, it is it is very much because they're at the edge of the galaxy, just like they're at the edge of the North, even though it's not quite the North because uh, there's still more to go. Um, and you know you just have these these people that are just kind of thrown together to to kind of save humanity um but as as much as the i won't even really say world building the ship building i guess uh goes <laughs> and being in the, at the edge of the universe uh you know she really does character development really well in relationships so you've got uh, these two main characters that are uh, you know, very at odds with one another at the beginning, and they have to kind of find a way to work with one another in order to get towards the end of this novel and then on to the sequel, the duology, uh, which I believe it's actually being extended. Hopefully it's being extended by tour uh, into more novels. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just so good. It's just so, if you, if you really enjoy books that aren't just heavy world building, heavy magic or heavy battles or whatever, and you just really enjoy good character arc it's it's definitely one up there it, i said it was the best science fiction debut of the year uh and i still stand by that i think jason would also agree with me and, and david schaefer probably would as well um but that would be that would be one of the biggest it's, it's definitely one of my top reads here uh definitely top five so it was, it was just magnificent and and jenny's awesome i always love talking to her so that, that helps <laughs> it always helps when like you have a very personable mm-hmm. author that yeah. also wrote a great book so Oh man. And she's a huge Mass Effect fan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's going to be on the podcast next month. So I'm like, I need to read the last watch. So much of the stuff <laughs> that you're all mentioning is like, that's already on my TVR. It's coming. It's coming. That's what we do, man. That's why we're, that's why we're all in our own little community inside of another community. So we yeah. can just talk about books and just literally never have a day where we Push. don't have something we can read. <laughs> exactly. Bubbles that's within true. bubbles, man. Sometimes we have too much. The choices. <laughs> it's too much and hey guys i'm sure y'all heard my daughter screaming a second ago clearly she wants my attention so i'll have to deuce off but i'm glad i got to jump on for a little bit yeah thank y'all so much well you you got in uh a good like yeah you got in like eight uh recommendations for this year yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) you guys are good (laughs) you condensed everything (laughs) exactly exactly just a quick like boom uh, boom 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 yeah and you know we've that's got why the you're the boss in- yeah we've got the most anticipated list coming up i've got like over 100 books already on it so we've got more books to add dang. to the tbr so dang yeah. y'all just stay tuned but y'all enjoy the rest of your chat enjoy the rest of your sundays thank you and, buddy uh, thank I'll, you I'll, I'll see y'all you in the too. twitter dm all right see you soon buddy <laughs> bye guys bye 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 all right uh eleni do you want to do you want to get in here with your next book
Sure, I'll go in with my next chunk because why not? Just so this is artifact, artifact Space by Miles Cameron, also known as Christian Cameron. He is a great guy. Like you follow him with the writing fighting videos and such. I I became a fan of his without even write, reading any of his work thanks to TBRCon last year. Because I went on for a panel for I think it was uh, Sebastian de Castel, because like he, he was a favorite author, and then I was like, oh okay, and then I found him and I was like, I need to read everything by this person ASAP, because he was so <laughs> he was so pleasant and funny, and I was like, okay, I I need to see his work, and he, this is his sci-fi debut, and it was an incredible incredible book. I. I bought it right before I left for my uh, summer vacation in Greece. So I had it with me there and I brought a bunch of other books and I was deciding which book to read next. And I think I, I think I wrote a tweet about it. Like, these are going to be my next reads. I don't know which one to pick next. And a bunch of people from FanFi were like, read Artifact Space. <laughs> like a bunch of shouting towards like Artifact Space. I said, okay. And I was I was super glad I just blew through it in a few days because it's such a wholesome book. Like you wouldn't expect this, but it's such a wholesome book. It's about Markham Barrow. She is a delightful protagonist. Not because I relate to her, that's completely aside, but because um she is uh socially awkward for a bunch of like she has a difficult past. So then the story begins with her um getting onto this great ship and she just starts a new life there as a soldier as a pilot for these great ships and i am a sci-fi newbie let's say because i usually prefer i prefer it in a visual medium so like tv and movies and stuff like i love it but i don't love reading it because i've had past experiences with like really science heavy and you know politics heavy stuff like social commentaries and it was i i would not even be able to tell you who the authors were or which books they were but i tr i started with them and i was like oh, this is this is heavy for me so i sort of let it slide and i left literary sci-fi to the side and then with uh fanfi and you know getting into more adult fiction i said you know what no i i need to start and find sci-fi that i like and this was the first one that i read this year and just blew me away because it's not science heavy in a way that you know drags and it's really character driven because um cameron wanted to show like also the slow moments in between like big missions because these are big interstellar missions because these great ships are like traders so they go from one end of the universe to the other to trade with this alien race so there are big chunks of time like months at a time where nothing is happening so there's just the routine the military routine training and flying out and coming back in and then occasionally trading or occasionally finding a planet or occasionally being attacked <laughs> so he really writes that well like the way the lulls in between of big action they're slow they're boring they're repetitive and at the same time i was never bored i never found it like dragging 
because there were character moments to die for. I love this character. And there was also a, a romance subplot that snuck up on me, literally. And I'm like, I was not expecting this. Where did you come from? And why do I love you so much? <laughs> it's like right in, the, right in the field. Like, oh, I'm so attached. These two better make it out alive. <laughs> That's how all the good romances are, though. This one's for you, exactly. Connor. Like it, <laughs> oh, yeah. like it, it was so well written and it's so pure because you have this character that just she learns again how to connect with people and how to depend on them because like you know the great ship is a big team it's a big family and there are so many different characters they are so well fleshed out i was just I was reading, I was thinking, these are side characters and I know more about them than I would from some protagonists from another series. So I I just had a great time with it. And there were so many, like I said, already like wholesome, pure moments of just wonder. Because uh, Mbaro gets the trade and there's this one scene that it's possibly one of my favorites because she... Minor spoiler, she goes down to a planet for a date, basically, with someone. And she gets into this, uh, I guess, uh, a bazaar sort of place, like a marketplace. And she's flooded by the marketplace ladies who are trying to sell her new clothes and food and stuff. And she's having the best time because she's discovering like the peace and enjoyment like of the different cultures and dancing and the haggling like that you know friendly haggling that is fun and just it's it was so pure and beautiful and i thought oh, this i can get behind because it's there's action yes there's moments of great tension and suspense and you know alien fights and spaceships and destruction and explosions but those are very small moments compared to the character moments and i am a very character driven person so i just oh, I love this book so much. The character, like those moments, sound like it, it really made the character feel human. You know, just yeah, she she was so so human, and also like there are different kinds of people here. Like there's uh, my favorite character, Dorcas. He is also socially inept, but in a different manner to Mbaro. And he, like he's the know-it-all. He is super intelligent, and he knows a bunch of things, and People like to spend the time, people like him on, and they're like, So tell us about this thing. And he just starts talking and talking and talking, which it's beautiful in its own way. It's funny. I, I know people like that. I can be like that too sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> but at the same, it's unapologetic and it's, it's fun and it's precious. And so I, I really enjoyed it. And then I, I, had a, I had the chance to like DM Cameron and be like, Sorry, permission to gush. He was like, gush away. I was like, I love your book so much because of this and this and this and this and this. And he was so kind about it. And, like, yeah, and, and we chatted about his character. And it's just, oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Like David said, when, when, the, when the author is like, they talk with you and they enjoy talking about the characters and their stories, it just, it just makes it that much more special. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have that connection with the authors as much as the, the book itself, you know, and it makes yeah. it more personal it makes it more real yeah and and yeah it also makes you feel special because like in a way you're like so i noticed you did this and this did you mean it for it to have this meaning or did you mean for it to have this situation and, 
And when they say yes, you feel like you ace it. It was like, yes. <laughs> I can't feel smart. Just going to pick your brain. Yes. And uh, you'll be very happy that for TBRCon in January, this coming January, um, Miles is hosting a panel called Swordplay 101. Yes. Sebastian right. de Castell and a bunch of other authors. So Exactly. Like, oh, and I almost cool. forgot. Swords in space. Like, this was the first thing that sold me in this book. There are swords in space. I was like, it's like dune hell yeah i love i love it when it's like this is super futuristic but there's sword fighting yeah and especially when you know the reasons behind it like they're like we have we've developed these amazing high-tech weapons but they're rendered and useless because of i don't know emp so what do you do go back to swords exactly cool yeah that would definitely i want to i want to check out at some point next year um but well 10 out of 10 (laughs) nice Arun, we'll, uh, we'll jump to you if you want to offer up your next book. Well, uh, so before we dive into my book, I think uh, LED saved me a lot of time because Artifact Space <laughs> made my top five too. Uh, so, but then uh, listening to her speak uh, gave me like a very interesting perspective. I mean, uh, Marka was like an absolutely awesome character. I mean, she reminded me kind of like like Kote from Kingkiller Chronicles. Uh, she's, she's got such a, like an adventure person whom you can just uh, I mean, not like a superhero adventure, but like a regular person who goes on these like fantastic adventures. Uh, but what actually made me like the book was the world building. I mean, uh, the spectacular, I, I would say, uh, first 10% of the book, there was a scene uh, when Marka just walks into the great ship. And then uh, Miles spends like three pages just describing what she sees at that point in time. And he does it for like three pages worth of description. I, I mean, and it works so well. Yeah, I mean, people might think it's like a bit over the top, but that was so engrossing. At some point of time, I just said, doesn't matter if I could just find like a job to like like clean like decks or something in that great ship, I would just apply, just go live there for some time. The world building was just spectacular. I mean, I've not been such a huge fan of world building, but this is, uh, I mean, he had this perfect balance of just making you want to live in that world. I, I mean, it was. Yes. pretty great stuff yeah but it... like the gr- the great ship is a character in itself it's like he's like arun said like you see so much in these books and like literally see with your mind's eye he he paints a picture that's amazing and you just want to be there you want to you want to experience this these settings yeah and the best settings are characters as well it's just like living breathing entities that people inhabit and uh, my my next book is actually fits right into that. It's both sci-fi, but it also has amazing world building. It takes place on a generation ship, um, Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky, is phenomenal. Just absolutely stellar science fiction. Um, there's sort of like two story threads that intertwine at certain points. Um, but he just plays with time so well because this is a generation ship and people go into, um, you know, like, can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like a deep freeze. They go into, into a deep sleep, uh, just because of the distances that they're, that they're, um, passing through space and cryostasis cryosleep yeah yeah Yeah, cryosleep yeah deep freeze (laughs) deep freeze yeah like you're a fucking steak or something (laughs) 
Oh man. But it's paired really nicely because the 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 generation ship feels like a, a place where um all of the all of the flaws of humanity are boiled down to its its most core in in this generation ship where it's like people are butting heads. Sometimes there's conflict, sometimes there's uh cooperation. Um and all of it through the lens of this this uh, one character who's he's kind of like a, a historian of sorts, and he's um, he's tasked with recording the history of of humanity and uh, oh, cool. the way the way that he kind of fumbles through different situations because he's not really like physically capable; he's more of like a mentally capable character makes it much more endearing because he he gets into situations where it's like there's combat and he doesn't know what the hell to do and he just gets knocked on his ass and it's really uh it's really charming um but at the same time the 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 counter storyline is um a planet that humanity had found in generations past and found it habitable so kind of like in the goldilocks zone of habitability for a planet and they um basically put a virus onto the planet um with the intention of sending down a ship full of thousands and thousands of monkeys in the hopes that they the monkeys would be uplifted by this virus and eventually become humans but like a new branch of humanity um, because the earth that they all came from has just gone awry. Um, and so they wanted to uplift these virally enhanced monkeys on this planet in the hopes of creating a new uh, branch of, of humanity on this planet. But the monkeys don't make it. And uh, what happens instead is spiders become the uplifted species and adrian tchaikovsky oh, no. is so detailed and so passionate about about insects and arachnids and all this this uh this small world that we see on our planet but he just blows it up and makes it amazing and he he puts so much thought into the history and the world building and the biology of these spiders and creates a society for them you know, and it and because he uses time as a as a storytelling method, you jump through different generations of the 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 spiders, the spider civilization, nice. in conjunction with the the generations passing on the generation ship. So every time there's a leap of time in the generation ship, there's a leap in um in intelligence and the advancement of the spider civilization. And so it's like seeing how they how they create cities and how they create different transportation systems using webs and, and all of their biological technology is just mind boggling. It was so, so cool. And the characters is crazy. It's like, I sympathize with spiders. Like <laughs> I, I didn't, I'm very, I'm very character driven as well, but, but I just, I just came to sympathize more with, the spiders than I did with the human characters for the most part, because humans are just such like messy shits a lot of the time, but these spiders were so, 
um, even though they have a lot of their own issues and conflicts and stuff like that, the characters that he established, um, just because of the biology of spiders, he kind of created this idea that like, uh, an identity would be passed from one generation to the next. So even though this generation has passed and that spider has died, that identity has carried on. And so you, you have this like multi-generational perception of what this character is like and what they've learned from the past generations just through the transfer of genetic information. And so it's, it's just mind blowing and it's so cool. And the way that the spiders communicate, you know, they, they communicate through like thumping the ground vibrations or like vibrating or like rubbing their legs together in certain ways. So he's thought so thoroughly about all the ways in which these spiders would essentially become like a dominant species and a civilization on this planet. And then the conflict between the spiders and the humans is so satisfying. And there's a second book called Children Children of Ruin and I cannot wait to read that book because Children of Time was just so freaking fantastic. So I've never like I I look at spiders in my house and I just don't look at them the same way. <laughs> I just look at you and I'm just like, "Oh man, like the things that you could be, the potential of this little creature. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I love spiders. Oh, but I've heard so, so that, much. I've heard so much about this book, but that I dislike spiders so much that that's the only reason I haven't picked it up yet. I was like, I yeah, I feel like that's like the caveat <laughs> for this book. If you hate spiders or you're terrified of them, this book is not yeah. for you. <laughs> uh, well, I love them, so I guess it's for me. Yeah. But this, like, like Eleni, with, uh, with, artifact space it's not like um there's so much time spent in this in this book on the little moments and the the character building and that kind of stuff it's not like action 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 or anything like that and the world is so thoughtfully fleshed out that you know it's the kind of science fiction that you can really just dive into and 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 bathe in and just become immersed in so yeah I had like I, I love Adrian Tchaikovsky's work, it. but this yeah, this was like my introduction to his more hard sci-fi stuff and it was unbelievable. So yeah. I've only read like Guns of the Dawn by him and it was it was different than what I was expecting, so I haven't tried more of his other books yet. But that sounds like really cool, so I'm gonna yeah. have to give it a go. It's worth it's worth checking out for sure. Um, all right, we're going to do, I think, one more round or so. Connor, what's your, what's your final book? Uh, it's uh, Miss Percy's Pocket Guide to the Care and Feeding of British Dragons. Um, By Quenby Olsen. It was so fucking... Yeah, it's, it's so fucking good. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... Okay. The pitch is basically... Ima- imagine if Douglas Adams wrote a book about dragons with Jane Austen. That's basically that's basically the book, and the dragon is ba- the dragon is a cat with wings that can sneeze fire. It's ah. absolutely incredible. One, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read, and every single sentence is like nobody else could have ever come up with something this brilliant. It's like line like line by line, everything is just like 
I can't even I can't even think of the right words to describe it. Like there's a use of um parentheticals that uh has a similar sort of uh, effect as to um sort of like footnotes uh in something like Good Omens would would have or like mm. The Princess Bride, mm. which would be another which is another good comp title. Um it's got an older female protagonist, which is already pretty rare. Um it's it's absolutely incredible. It's I, I, can't, I can't even think of like a better way to describe it. It's just someone inherits a dragon, um, and I guess hijinks ensue. It's in, it's insanely good. It's are, are there um, romance I, elements? There are romantic elements. Yeah, it's not like primarily a romance, but there are elements of that in there. Yeah, yeah. That book, I I've been. I've been eyeing that and damn, it just looks so good. Cause it's like, at first I read the title and I was like, I don't know why I just had vibes of, of, uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them. I was like, no, yeah. it's like, I, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't let that sour my perception of this. Yeah. And so I looked deeper and it's like, no, this actually sounds really cool. Like I checked out the first few pages on, uh, on Amazon, just in the little, um the little preview it offers and like yeah. you said already it's like the the writing style is super the first line super funny it's so good yeah yeah i I'm think I, I have the first line i think Sorry. is um was the, the first is, i think it was um great uncle forthright was dead and mildred's toast had gone soggy on one side <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like it's, and it's uh, just like I don't like, just I don't like um, yeah, like I don't like Victorian literature that much or like Elizabethan yeah. literature. So Jane Austen, I got, I got burnt out by, by English literature, university courses, you know, no fault to those yeah. authors. It's just me personally, No, I get but it. I, I read that line. I was just like, yeah, just yes. You know, like that's what I wish right. Jane Austen was, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want, I want some fucking soggy toast and I want some, some. <laughs> dark sarcastic humor you know dry sarcastic humor that kind of thing so yeah that's yeah. really good has anyone else read that book i haven't it's on my tbr because i i was following the author from before she published it because uh i think there was a giveaway and i wanted to read her other book um which for whatever reason i can't remember the title because that's where my brain is at but anyway um <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Femi. But uh, I was following her as she was writing it, and I every time she would give a snippet or she would talk about it, I, was, I kept thinking, this is something I really want to read. This sounds fun. So the moment it was published, I just bought it, and it's waiting for me. Was the book you're thinking you of, uh, was it The Firstborn? No, or it was the, something to do with the dead. The Firstborn, The Bride Prince, The Half Killed. The Half Killed. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just like, like checking that out was her, in my TBR for ages, and I followed yeah. her. Yeah, I I followed her from there, and I just I stayed for the dragons and Miss Percy. <laughs> right on, and uh, Tori, what's uh, what's your final book? Um, that's such a hard question. Also, after this, I am probably going to have to duck. No worries. Um, I'm sorry to leave early oh, again, but. <laughs> you know life you are here gosh i can't it's really hard to pick from the last three that i have 
Um, say all the titles. Well, okay. So let me let me say all the titles before I talk about the one that I'm going to talk about okay. the most. Um, In the Jaded Grove by Anila Dean. Um, I was lucky enough to do a book tour for that. Little White Hands by Mark Cushion. Um, that's a middle grade, but it was one of the most fun books that I have ever read. It was so much fun to read. And then the one that I'm going to talk about is World Maker Parable by Luke Tarzian. Um, I was lucky enough to get to edit his sequel to World Maker Parable, which is World Breaker Requiem, um, which comes out this month. Um, but he was my first foray into dark fantasy. Um, and it was such a heartbreaking read. I mean, it re- it really was. I mean, there there are just so many undertones of guilt and grief, and you know the the consequences of you know people's actions and how that affects the people around you. And it just it was such such a good introduction to Luke's work um, because he does have a novel vultures um sorry i've got a hair and it's driving me nuts <laughs> um cuz i can see it out of the corner of my eye but i can't find it anyway sorry he's got he's he's got such a way t- with words and his descriptions and you know the way he writes is very is very it is very dark you know cuz it is dark fantasy but it's also very confusing and i say that in a good way, because he presents so many questions throughout the book and that when you finally get the answers, your mind is like completely blown because you, you, you don't see the wrap up sort of coming the way it does. And I, it was just a really rewarding experience to read the world maker parable. And it was really rewarding to, um, get to edit the world breaker requiem um because both of those are shining examples of you know his his talent and in my opinion he's criminally underrated so um that's that's my that's my final book and my final thoughts but alas i gotta go so it was really good to see you guys um you too super glad to see you as always deuces and also, uh, Tori interviewed Luke uh, back in September, I think it was. Yeah, I did, and we have that yeah, interview so can, on, the, on the on the podcast. On the so you can check that out. Yeah, for a little bit more insight into Luke Tarzian's d- dark mind, his crazy mind. <laughs> and he's a super nice right. guy too. So um, yeah, let, there's always that. Yeah, yeah, and you'll see him always on the, you'll see him on the podcast in the future. So. All right. Bye, Tori. Bye. Bye. All right. Eleni, what's your last book? I'm going to do just like Tori did. So I'm going to tell you which ones I had prepared because they're all so, so good. So super quick. Raise the Sand by Sarah Beth Durst. It's a standalone and its premise is fantastic. Like uh, people know that how they behave in life will affect how they reincarnate in the next one. And everyone like, how, how good you are depends like you can be a lion or you can be a cockroach so everyone is working to be towards being something good but if you're 
a horrible, horrible person, you turn into a monster. And these monsters are used for racing. It's like monster racing in the desert. And it's so, so cool and so much fun. And it's amazing. I hugely recommend my favorite standalone of the year. Then I read um, the Eli Monpress series, which is lovable rogues on drugs, essentially, because <laughs> like it, like they're not actually on drugs, but it's so, so good and it's so fun. And it's, it's hilarious, like clearly hilarious series. And it's like lighthearted fantasy that just, like the world's going sour in truth. You can just go to this and feel so, so happy and enjoy everything recommend as well and then the one that i will focus on it's more of a trilogy than the whole thing so let's just go so uh james islington's the shadow of what was lost so the like the lycanius trilogy i probably said that wrong but um this is possibly one of the most mind-blowing series i've read this year and like it's you know Books, wonderful series. The last one is especially a big chunk. Again, I like chunks. Have you noticed? <laughs> so, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a series that has to do with redemption and like it works very well through like uh, going back in time to change the future or having like for um, foreshadowing because the characters see their future selves coming to warn them and it's just. So good. But the the main part that I especially loved was that uh, it has an immortal than right, which is my way of saying that um, I don't believe in a story that has an immortal, like a long-term immortal, that is perfect and goody-two-shoes and just so wholesome and special. Because if you've been alive that long, you have done bad choices, you have been bad, in one way or another it's exactly it's inevitable so and the way that you deal with what you did in the past and how you behave now it's just it's such a rife ground for like um conflict conflict and redemption and guilt and trying to do better and deciding whether you will let your past define you on what will you will do in the future so I just, I won't say who it is because spoilers, but one of these characters is this immortal and just the way that he goes about doing everything, it's incredible. And the way that Islington wove the story is just so good because there's the usual element of memory loss. So you have this character who set out a plan to fix the big bad because he saw it coming and he prepared everything. He put the right chess pieces in place and then he put himself into play, but this caused him his memory loss. So now he is a brand new character who finds out that he was this terrible, terrible person. And he slowly has to unravel and figure out that it wasn't him or it was him but he was trying to fix it, you know? So it's, there's a whole list of tension and foreshadowing and trying to find the hints or, or seeing something like, as I said, like uh, a character will see their future self come to warn them. 
And so part of you is thinking, well, I know it's what's going to happen because he just told me. But the way you get there is so unpredictable that you're not even sure that what you saw is what will actually happen. So it's just, oh, suck. And then there's a there's a found family trope which I always love, and just it it really stuck with me because it has these big moments of do you just, do you let yourself continue to be the bad guy? Do you um, accept that there's no redemption, or do you uh, for the other characters that have to deal with this well, this one guy? Do you accept that because he was a horrible person before, he cannot be a good guy now? So it's there's a tension there that is just perfect. And I like that there are different characters and they each have a different reaction to him. So you have the first one that's like, yeah, he's redeemed, go, let's go, let's do this. The next one who doesn't accept this as easily. And the third one who just says, no, you were horrible then, you were horrible now. So, you know, it's just, ah, there's so much there. And my feels awesome. were all over the place. and it's cool because you like like you said you know i love it when there's um this complexity of of figuring out a character but having the perspectives of other characters um sort of create a more dynamic whole of Mm. who that person is it's like all these characters view view them in a different way and it means that person is more interesting and more um more deep if you want to go that way you know there's like so yeah. much there's so much there that's that's exactly. waiting to be unraveled yeah and you just never know who the real villain is and at the same time you have the villains but you know the way that they relate to the good guys it's just it's so complicated because they are other immortals, so they knew him in a past life, so they love him from this past life, but now they are at odds, now they are enemies, and it's just another part of your soul is just left there because you're like, I know these people were close, but now they are against each other, and it's just, oh, the angst. <laughs> and it's like you've already sneezed out so much of your soul. What do you have <laughs> Exactly, like, there's, not, there's <laughs> nothing left. How am I feeling so much? oh man uh arun um if you want to name two i guess we'll call them honorable mentions and then uh dig into (laughs) your your last pick uh uh, yeah so my two honorable mentions would be uh never die by rob j hayes uh so if you're looking at a kind of like a crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of like uxia book with a lot of like martial arts masters uh, like fancy names of people like uh, the Whispering Blade. Uh, I mean, they're all like martial artists. Uh, this is one of the books you should definitely read. It's it's a lighthearted kind of like an anime feel to it. It's it's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other book mm-hmm. is kind of like a like a big friend of Rob Hayes, but who writes a completely different genre. Uh, Blackstone Heart by Michael Fletcher. Uh, this is kind of so Michael Fletcher has got his kind of a history of being the most grimdarkest of all the grimdark writers ever. Uh, and Blackstone Heart kind of touches that. It's kind of like grimdark in a fun way. You don't really like get into like like, oh. like tortures and like entrails and like fingers being chopped and nothing, nothing of that sort. But he kind of like manages to like gloss you out with 
the context of this book, uh, it's pretty damn spectacular and one of the few Grimdarks I actually enjoy reading. It, it's just like a different flavor to Grimdark. Having said these two, the one which I wanted to talk about is uh, like Reaper or uh, the Cradle series. Uh, it's been a huge favorite of mine. Uh, personally, I consider Cradle to be the, the ultimate comfort read series of all time. Uh, so it's like if you grew up on uh, Goku and Dragon Ball uh, shows, uh, so this is kind of very similar like vibe to it. Uh, it so it's one of those series that you call like a the genre is called like a progression fantasy, uh, where you get like a like a protagonist who's kind of like a like a weakling who's like a nobody, and then he just develops on a progress of uh, the path of getting stronger. And as each book goes, he gets stronger. The world around him becomes stronger, and enemies become like grander. Scope gets wider. So over a course of ten books, the scope kind of like creeps out organically, and every book is just pure fun to read. I mean, it's just like watching like Goku or Gohan like fight their way across mm-hmm. like Piccolo and the others. It, 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 it's just amazing feel good pattern. Every time I just feel like I need like a break from books or I just need to like like hit something which just gives me like pure fun, joy and happiness, I kind of like crawl back into Cradle. Uh, and Reaper is probably the latest edition, like book 10. Uh, and it's kind of like one of the best books in the series. Because, I mean, uh, Cradle has got, like, a really active fan community. So we have our own Facebook groups where we discuss, like, fan theories, what's going to happen, whose power is what, stuff like that. Uh, and Reaper kind of, like, uh, it's kind of like a milestone book where uh, many answers to fan theories and, like, the conspiracy stuff actually get explained in a book. Uh, unfortunately, we just have two more books to go before the series comes to an end. Uh, but then, uh, I said, if you're a fan of anime, if you grew up watching Dragon Ball Z, uh, this is something which you really need to get into. I just like it. Yeah, so I've much. been, I've been, I've been meaning to read that series. I love how you refer to it as a comfort read, and then you say, "I just crawl back into cradle." Like, <laughs> yeah, you crawl back in the cradle. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> just so comfortable. <laughs> Word play. Cool. Well, um, I'll. I'll name my two honorable mentions. First is uh, The Fall of Babel by Josiah Bancroft. Loved that book. Um, just really appreciate his approach to humor and sarcasm and using the world building as fuel for both humorous moments, but also character relationships and character development. Um, and it's the conclusion of a four book series. And he. He finished it in a way that only he could. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's absurd, and the whole series is absurd, and I love it for exactly that reason. Um, the other one is Notes from the Burning Age by Claire North, and that one, the world building is excellent. It takes place in a cl- post climate apocalypse future, and just the 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 unique way in which she um in which she approaches the setting and uses that as fuel for the characters in the story is really fantastic so i loved uh i love that book as well um and then for my final pick is a master of gin by p jelly clark excellent book really really good i love that he uses uh 
19 early 1900s Cairo as a setting for his um for his uh alternate history steampunk world filled with jinn and other magical creatures and the way that he uses history to enhance the story is unbelievable you know he's he is a a professor of history but just the amount of research that he puts in and the amount of dedication and and nuance that he puts into the world whether it's the the ways that that characters speak to each other the dialect or the the um jargon that they use the food the clothing all these different little touches and nuances but also the history of the of the the magical creatures and the folklore and how that ties into the story and then to top it all off it's a detective story and i love detective fiction and it was a really satisfying um detective narrative with you know all the clues peppered in at just the right moments little red herrings to pull you off in the wrong direction but all of it coming together towards the end with a very satisfying twist that left me wanting to read more even though i know this was a standalone book but that's totally okay um so yeah that's my uh that's my top pick all right so so uh just before we close out, uh, since we all had our honorable mentions, but Connor didn't get a chance, um, now is now is the time for you to to pimp uh, a couple more books. <laughs> yeah. Um, so earlier this year, I read uh, The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle, which um, is one of the only books that I can claim like every single sentence is exactly perfect. It's just in. It's insanely good. Um, even, even just from the, from the point of view of like, like, uh, like sentence construction, it's like anyone who wants to write anything should probably read this book because like, the, the, I mean, I've, ne- I've never read a book that was that close to just like absolutely perfect um, for everything that needed to be. Um, and then the other one um, was uh, Zero Saints by Gabino Iglesias, which is a, a horror novel. It's a really short book. Um, and it's, it's written in uh, Spanglish. It's, it, it's another one where it's like the language, the, the language use is just brilliant. Um, it's terrifying. Um, there's like, even in the points where everyone's safe, there's the, you have this feeling of like, there's something coming. There's like this looming terror underpinning everything. Um, it's absolutely brilliant, and I love it. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I've been meaning to get into Gabino's work, and yeah. just the just the fact that you just casually drop it's all written in Spanglish makes me so much more. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to read that. You know, You're I had to. That. I've only had like I've taken like Spanish 101 like four times before i learned i had a a, a for like a, a language learning disability i guess it impact so like i was never able to progress so like but the book was so good that i wound up like on like google translate through for half the book like all right what is he saying here or i'm just really trying to stretch that one-on-one class like all right i think yeah. no so trust i know that one that's weak okay <laughs> yeah i mean now that i like I mean, I was like you before, just struggling with language. But now that I've been living in Ecuador for five years, it's like 
I'm that'll do it more yeah i'm more immersed and 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 fluent in the language so um yeah. that sounds super cool just like yeah. curious because it where does it take place in the in the southwest or um, something like that i think i i oh God, i'm trying to remember i think it's on like the the texas border kind of thing no um most of his works concern uh like immigration and like crossing a border usually with the metaphor of like uh crossing a border being like a metaphor for the space between like the sup- the, the normal and the supernatural um it's yeah. it's really good that sounds fantastic it's really really good it does man we've all read some amazing books this year um they have <laughs> just to, like hands down some awesome stuff and and yeah. hopefully for everyone listening, tons of fuel for your TBR uh, stuff that you can add on there. And a lot of, to. yeah. And a lot of diversity too. So it's different genres yeah. and different authors and different backgrounds. So um, thank you all for jumping on here with me, talking about 2021, yeah. basking in the glory that was this year and uh, <laughs> closing out. If you could let, uh, listeners viewers uh know where they can find you on social media or in connor's case on amazon all the all the booksellers yeah so uh eleni we'll start with you where can people find you people mostly will find me on twitter that's where i'm most active for book stuff at um eleni underscore argyro which is a-r-g-y-r-o and i also have an instagram at the words we read, every uh, word separated by an underscore. There are lots of book pictures and mostly Figaro pictures, but I'm not all that active there. So yeah, if you want book stuff and active person and shenanigans, that's you will find me on Twitter. And I review for uh, Fanfy Addict and for Before We Go blog. Thank you for having me and for letting me rave about these books without actually saying what these books are about. Like the more I think about it, the more I realize I said nothing of the plots. And just <laughs> but that's said, the whole point. This is amazing. Please read yeah. this. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sorry to all the authors, but I hope that this promo sort of helps, even though I said nothing about the books and their plots. No, but you sold them in just the right way, especially yeah. by calling in them the chunky feelings. boys. Yeah, chunky. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the chunky boys. Eleni's chunky year. <laughs> <laughs> cool and uh connor where can people find you and where can they buy sword in the street <laughs> uh you can find me on twitter at at the cm kaplan um i do have the same handle on instagram but i'm almost never on there um and you can find the sword in the street on uh amazon yeah cool and uh go check it out it's very good yeah, yeah. it's great and Arun, what about you? Where can everyone find you? Or I should be referring to you as Bender because that's your public persona. Yeah, no one can find Arun. Uh, he doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bender, <laughs> you can find him like mostly on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Reddit, Instagram, uh, everywhere. Just as Bender. If you see like a, like a blue robot with a book like icon, that's me. Cool. And you can also find him and you can find all of us on Fanfy Addict, uh, where we got reviews and essays and all the good stuff. Uh, you can also lists. find, yeah, so many lists, especially so from David. Lists. David Schaefer has all the lists. <laughs> They're and, so spe- oddly specific and good, though. Yeah. He's got some good lists. Go check them out. 
And uh, Tori and David had to had to drop out early, but it's it's not an end of the year podcast if we don't have guests popping in and out. Uh, Tori is on Twitter at Torio Reads. That's T O R I Y O Reads. And then David, you can find him on Twitter at D Walters twenty nine. Uh, but his his handle is Lord TBR with lots of flames because he's a badass. And uh, thank you guys for for joining me. I had a blast chatting with you and hearing about your As favorite always, picks of the year. The yeah, and, thanks for having us. Yeah, and hopefully all of you listening or watching can uh, can gather some some new some new books to to devour over twenty twenty two. So yeah, thank you and guys. Possibly want to see us again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone, everyone will be back next year. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I hope you all have a an amazing holiday season and it was great to see you. Thanks, Adrian. Great to see you. And there we have it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our panel on our favorite reads of 2021. Thank you again to our FanFiatic panelists this episode, David, Tori, Eleni, Connor, and Arun. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate and review us on your platform of choice, and share us with your friends. It helps a lot and we greatly appreciate it. You can also follow SFF Addicts on Twitter or Instagram at SFF Addicts Pod for updates and more. And you can follow me, Adrian M. Gibson, on Twitter or Instagram at Adrian M. Gibson. SFF Addicts is part of FanFiatic.com, so make sure to check us out there for the latest in book reviews, essays, and all things sci-fi and fantasy, as well as the full episode archive for the podcast. And for all your literature needs, head over to thebrokenbinding.co.uk. All music comes courtesy of the talented Astronauts. Check them out on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash S-T-R-O-N-O-Z. All links for the episode are also available in the show notes. Now, keep reading, keep imagining, and we'll see you next time on SFF Addicts.